Welcome back to another episode of Two Average Husbands, where a couple husbands have four beers and have four conversations. I'm your host, Jake. <laughs> I'm your host, Kyle. What a weird transition. You usually kind of close that one out a little bit and say something else. I don't like ah, that well. one, Jake. That one needs work. Okay. Like well, other you know better. what? It's it's all practice, Kyle. Everything that we do is practice on this episode. Everything that we do is live, so everybody can judge us for our failures. But anyway, well, I am your host, still Kyle. practice. Jake gets to introduce the NFL topic of the week, but before we do that, Jake, tell us about what you're drinking this week. So my first beer today is from Lil Beaver Brewery, and it is their Mango Key Lime Pie Sour. Gross. It sounds delicious, so get out of here. I kind of wish that I like sours because they do have a lot of really good flavors, I feel like, or at least like concepts for flavors. I just don't like sours at all. There's some sours that I think that we've had that I think you would like because they don't really have as much of that like sour note. It's there, but it's more of just kind of like an alcoholic slushy, for lack of a better term. Like, it's just super... Like, one of them that I bought, um, which I'll have at some point, I've sampled it before, and, and it's very, very sweet. It's not as much of a sour. I think you'd like it. Oh. Yeah, I'd have to give it a shot. I don't know. I don't know. I just... I've had a couple sours, and I have been zero impressed by either of them. That's fine. I'm, it's not for everybody, I'm sure. Anyway, my first beer for the week is going to be the Jacko Latte uh, coming at you from O'Fallon Brewery. It is a pumpkin coffee stout. So getting into the Halloween-y season and trying to test this out a little bit. We'll have to see if that's as good as I thought the one was last week. Edgar did say that he's uh, he's going to hook me up with a little bit more, so I'll try and get some of those out to you. Yeah, uh, we'll have to figure out the logistics of getting them here, but I would definitely like to try some of those. We'll make it happen. Um, anyways, yes, like Kyle said, I do get to introduce the NFL topic of the week. So, Kyle, um, obviously, first week of the NFL season has now happened, and we are into our second season or yes. second week with uh, with the matchup that we had last night. I want to know who are two teams that you think have really shocked people, either for better, for good, or for bad so far in this season. Because I know who has really shocked me. Um, one really hasn't shocked me because I kind of made this prediction um, a couple places prior to the season. But who are two teams that have really shocked you with their performance so far? Arizona Buffalo. That was easy. Arizona, there was a lot of, I think, so I listened to a podcast, Fantasy Footballers. I talk about it, or I have talked about it a couple times. And they're Arizona fans from Arizona. They have their podcast up in Phoenix, and they talked shit about Arizona all preseason and all off season and all during camp like arizona arizona doesn't look good they look bad in the preseason i don't think they're gonna be good and they're arizona fans and they're talking shit about it right and so watching that first game from arizona and you see chandler jones just fucking eating i can't remember exactly how many sacks he five had, but yeah that's uh, basically a, se- a season's worth of sacks for a lot of players in one yeah. game it was incredible, and the, so the defense looked fantastic. The offense like connected really well. They looked good. Kyler looked great, and then you saw some great catches from DeAndre Hopkins still, and then uh, you got Rondell Moore out there who didn't really do too much, but he still looked pretty good uh, given what you got from the rookie there. Uh, and A.J. Green didn't really do much either, but again, he's just a weapon. That's a possible possibility for them to go to. So, uh, And honestly, the run game wasn't that bad either. I think we saw – you know, a decent run game from them, even though, you know, the primary running back right now is Kyler Murray. Uh, but with that being said, like they still look way better than I think they were given credit for. And not only just by the one podcast that I listened to, but a lot of people were kind of down on Arizona coming into this year. Yep. And they impressed big time. 
And then quite on the opposite side of the coin, like you saw Buffalo come out and just look like dog shit. Uh, and you know, there's a, it was the exact opposite hype, right? Like you, Josh Allen's coming back. He's going to fucking go ham again. Especially after the preseason ending he had where he was going off. Yep. And like Stefan Diggs, he's going to be great and all these things. And then it was just bad. They looked bad. And if it wasn't for like the cleanup that they had, like garbage time really for them in the second half from a fantasy perspective, they would have been so bad for like the Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs owners. And it still wasn't great, but it was better than it looked like it was going to be in the first half. Yeah, both of those teams. I, When it comes to teams performing in week one, week one is kind of the one time why, where I will give teams a little bit of slack just because sure. these, these teams have known each other their, each other's schedule for six months. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they can prepare for this matchup more so than any other matchup in the year. So I don't try and hold too much water, um, but there are certain things that I do – like to see and things that I don't like to see. And one team that really surprised me for the for the better has actually been the Giants. I really Jesus Christ. Hear hear me out here. Hear me okay, yes. But (laughs) hear me out here. The Giants are like call it two like two stars on defense and one offensive lineman away from being like a legitimate team. Like now that you if have the Saquon, is going to carry the whole team. Then yeah, sure. What what's the offense done that's so bad? Danny Jones looked like shit in Week One. He just played his Week Two matchup and he looked way better, no doubt. He, he looked fine in Week One. I think he looked like shit. He was like the fantasy quarterback seven. I don't care what he was on the fucking stat table at the end. If you watched him play, he looked bad. The whole, Jones did not look good. In yeah, that game. the fucking whole offense looked bad. None of the wide receivers decided they were going to get open. And you got to admit, you got to realize this too. Denver is probably right now the best defense in football, in my opinion. Mm, I don't agree, but that's fine. Well, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> but well, okay, one of probably the top four or five defenses sure, in football. Um, so, and it's your first game with Saquon back, so you're working him slowly back into to the picture here. You know, you're testing out what you have with some players. Clearly, they wasted a first-round pick on Kadarius Toney. Yep. I ha- I have more NFL they receiving yards this year. Galladay. Galladay is a different story. I think Galladay will be fine. I think it's clear that he's not 100% healthy right now. Like I can I can see that he's not Kenny Kenny Galladay of old, but Kenny Galladay of old also is a he's a, a jump ball specialist. Like he's a contested catch guy. But regardless, I think that team looks a lot more complete than a lot of people expected. I think people expected the Giants to be a team that barely breaks like 10 points a week. And I think they've shown Sterling Shepard finally is hitting his breakout. But uh, yeah, right. Finally is about right. Because you talk about Sterling Shepard. Now people have been high on Sterling Shepard up, you know, up and down over the last several years. And he's just like always disappointed and been outshone by somebody else, whether it be the running game and Saquon, Saquon Barkley coming into the league or, or, you know, one of the other receivers really stepping up and Slayton having some few games back then too. But he looks good this year. He's getting the looks from Daniel Jones, and it is it is a highlight on a pretty bad team, in my opinion. Again, bad is subjective. I think my, my point is, is this team is a lot closer than people want to give them credit for. And you're kind of proving my point there. Like, this team, they, they didn't make – like – their coaching is bad. Their coaching is terrible for Yep. Just there's there's Welcome no way the around that. Jason Garrett. 
You're welcome. I don't even think it's Jason Garrett. It's Joe Judge and the and the defensive coach is just and the curse of Jason Garrett. I don't think Jason Garrett is a bad coach. I think I don't he's either. cursed wherever he goes. I I nice shirt, he, by the way. Thank Shout you. Shout out to the meeting room in Arizona. Shout out. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't think I don't think it's a curse more uh, as much as um you do, but it it's clear to me that this this I tweeted it last night. Like this Giants team is a couple players away. That's okay. I value your opinion as a sports analyst, and I think that you you could be more right than I am. Honestly, I just I don't like the way that they've looked. And and but here is one thing, right? Is as a fantasy player, if you guys in your leagues can do it, get out there and fucking pick up Saquon Barkley. Make the trade for him. You can try to buy low, depending on like the actual level of intelligence in your leagues. Like if it's like some hometown friends that aren't really into the NFL that much, go out there and get Saquon Barkley and try to get him on like this downward slope because he's probably one or two games away from getting back to the way he was and then ramping back up his reps and getting him back out on the field in a more uh you know consistent and deliberate way so get out there and get saquon and then uh honestly like i'm if somebody's trading him I'm, i'd probably take sterling shepherd this year too in a trade for a redraft bro i've been trying to get shepherd everywhere he the owners aren't aren't uh, managers i should say i'm trying to stop saying owners i feel like we don't own players but that's a different story um but we manage our lineups anyways um yeah shepherd managers aren't budging whatsoever saquon i don't know i'm i'm not liking what i'm seeing so far like he's just me either but i that doesn't mean i'm not going out there and trying to get him i'm not trading like my number one running back for saquon barkley don't get me wrong but i'm trying to buy low on saquon right now here's why i'm personally recommending against that i don't think now's the time you're going to get a good matchup in week three versus the Falcons, but then you get the Saints, the Cowboys, who we can both admit looked much improved, um, the Rams, the Panthers, the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Buccaneers. Like, it's not until week, like, 10, 11 against, like, the Eagles. And then even then, you get, like, Dolphins, Chargers. Like, there's just not – there's nowhere where it looks like there's a good matchup where Saquon can really have his breakout game and, and sustain it. And their, yeah. their, their offense philosophy as a whole – they're not checking down to the running back like they have in the past. They're not using the run to set up some other things like they have in the past. Like Daniel Jones is their leading rusher, and he looked he looked Lamar esque. Like he was just. I hate that, but I do. Think it's he true. Rusher. We're talking about a guy who was a bogus. He was a bogus holding call away from being at like 170 rushing yards on the year and four like three rushing touchdowns. Like. The man looks just good so far. Back to that fucking run that he had last year, where he just like ate shit. <laughs> His turf monster died. Turf monster. Of the turf. Hey, we saw a bunch of turf monsters this week on both sides of the ball. But um, that, that's all I'm going to say is I think the Giants have just looked a lot better to me than I even expected them to look. I thought they were going to be like an embarrassment to football, and, I, and they're Texans. not. The Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars—they just haven't shown that yet for me. Um, yeah. the, the second team that, that has really surprised me so far, this one's for the, the worse, I, I'll say. Um, and I, I'm curious to see how they bounce back week two. The Packers looked fucking terrible. Yes. Like, there was not... I think they do t- bounce back week two, though. I do, too. But I don't think... I think there's not a worse NFL performance that I have ever seen. Like, nothing on that team worked. Sure. Nothing looked good. You're talking yeah. about a Hall of Fame quarterback. You're talking about a, a top seven or eight running back in football, a top mm-hmm. two wide receiver in football. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking about such elite components. 
And we're talking about a, a Green Bay defense who was coming into the year thinking probably that they were going to be pretty all right. I consider them to be probably a top 12 defense coming into the year. And they give up five touchdowns on 140 passing yards to Jameis Winston. Like, Buy low J- on everybody on the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. If, if you can find an owner who's willing to sell, managers willing to sell after week one, definitely do it. Dude, there's a part of me that actually just hopes Green Bay falls apart this week too. Yeah, and they and just then, look like dog shit. And then you can really buy low on everybody. Get those people that are going to abandon them when they see two inconsistent performances from that tier of player. Holy shit, man! Because there, there's no way they play like this all year long. There's no way. Yeah, I yeah, there, there's no way. And and I would definitely agree. You know, I think once managers get to own two, that's when they they start to get real nervous. So. Um, but yeah, Green Bay just looked really bad as a Bears fan. That's promising. Um, hopefully, we can get Justin Fields in here. You know, hopefully, hopefully, wor- worst case scenario, everybody in our division loses this week because the Lions are trash. Um, yes, they are. Their fantasy players, I think, are going to surprise a little bit, like especially Jared Goff. I've been trying to get him in a couple places. Hawk too. Swift Holy is going to do. Good. Swift is going to do well. Um, but the Vikings have a bunch of injuries. They just had a bunch of players on both sides of the ball that they put on, on the injured reserve. Um, Everson Griffin's in the concussion protocol uh, after a car accident. Like, the Vikings are going to be bad. Worst case scenario, there's a non-zero chance that, like, every team in our division is 0-2 after this week. Yeah. And if that's the case, I think you have to start – you have to start Justin Fields week three. Sure. If every if every team is owned to, you have to start that way. I just tried to make a trade in my work redraft league yesterday for Justin Fields, and the guy didn't respond. But he also just had a baby yesterday. Congrats so to him. Shout out to him. Congrats to you. Have fun with your new baby. That being said, make the trade with me. Give me Justin Fields. Please and thank you. Please and thank you. All right. Well, that's all I had for the NFL topic. Don't want to get too into it. Yeah, um, no, that's good. Kyle uh, and I will both occasionally be on a – podcast another a different podcast so make sure you go yep. check that out it is at personnel pod on twitter um and just make sure you give us a follow and tune in there we'll try we're trying to go live before the uh the sunday slate start and we'll probably start doing some weekly recaps and look forwards as well um so so make sure you check that out um i'll, I'll put the uh, info in the description on that so you can head over and give that a follow um but kyle what is our first real topic for the week before I go to that, I just have to address the one other thing that we threw out there on Twitter, but we haven't really talked about on the podcast yet, which is also in our link tree now. So check out the link tree again. Follow us on the social media, but also we added the Discord channel too. So uh, during the course of our, our regular broadcast of podcasts, there is a cha- like a segment of our Discord channel where you can get in there. And speaking of, I need to be in that right now. But you can be in the Discord channel and you can be chatting with us live while we're in the podcast. But the more important aspect of that, at least for right now, is that we... We designed that so that we can hop on to the Discord channel and we can be there to talk to everybody while we are um, watching football. So if you guys want to come and watch football with us and interact with us during the podcast, absolutely hop in there. Jake and I, at least for the Sunday games, are going to try to be in there to the max extent possible. Uh, It's going to be a little bit harder for us on the Monday, Thursday games, but the Sunday for sure, we're going to try to be in the Discord channel during the games and talking with all of you guys as well. So hop on in there, talk to us, have some fun with us during the games as well. Yeah, I'm in there pretty consistently. I was in there pretty much the entire time for the Monday game. Um, so, yeah, definitely stop by, you know, hang out with us. But uh, we look forward to that. We look forward to talking to you guys. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we're eventually – I'm working on getting um, my proper stream set up for, for live streaming on Twitch um, to play video games. So maybe we'll use that for the opportunity to play some games with us in the future as well. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, rolling into our first topic, and I just sent Jake the link on Twitter, so he's probably filling it up or has already looked at this. But the first topic this week, courtesy of Carly, throwing this out there as a suggestion, is 
ranking snacks. So we're going to talk about a bunch of different snack foods, throw them on the tier list, and get some breakouts here for you guys on what we think are the best go-to snack foods. Do you want me to share screen here so we I can see the tier list? All right. Screen. Sounds good. Let me and pull then we this can build up this real quick. Together. Um, Chrome tab. There we go. All right. So obviously this won't be all inclusive, but there is a good chunk of snack foods here that'll give us some stuff to go on. So we can rate these S through F, and then you have the additional trash can category uh, so that we can throw some down there too if we think they're absolutely disgusting snack foods. All right. So uh, do you want to just start right from the beginning? Yes, I do want to start right from the beginning. And the first snack on the snack list is animal crackers. Uh, it is specifically the ones that are like the zoo, the cardboard box yeah. with the zoo. Barnum and Bailey's zoo. Barnum and Bailey's, yes, okay. Yeah, uh, um, this is like easily in those areas that you're pointing to right now, which he is cycling through the DNF categories. Yeah. And I would have to agree, animal crackers are not exciting unless you're like five years old and want to look at animals on cookies that don't taste very good. Yeah, maybe it's cheating, but like looking at the rest of this list, like this is this is f for me and it's probably going to work its way down to near the bottom like it's it's i'm not like no you could it is not hear me out categories here animal crackers themselves are terrible if you get like the yogurt or chocolate covered ones those are pretty solid the yogurt ones are good for sure so sprinkle and yogurt i'm definitely comfortable with that there um these are barbecue chips specifically like the kettle fried chips yeah the kettle brand kettle cook barbecue chips where are you putting these, Kyle? I'd give kettle. The interesting thing is that there's a couple different flavors here. So I think kettle cooked barbecue is a D to me. A B? D. D? Ooh. I I'm think not... there are some kettle cooked chips that are delicious and significantly higher than that. But because this is barbecue specifically, I don't love barbecue kettle chips. I think I have to argue it up to C because it would probably be B tier for me. So I think we, 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 stick, yeah, I think we sure. stick to the middle ground there. Sure. Um, all right. Bugles. I actually pretty low-key like bugles. I do too. I remember as a kid, you know, you put them on your fucking fingers fingertips yep. and play around with them. And I, they're not bad, but again, too, kind of looking ahead on the snack list, there's no way that I could give these a very high rating, but I do think they're better than kettle barbecue chips. So I'd say the top of the C category. I would agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty comfortable there. Um, I personally would prefer the, the barbecue kettle chips, but I'm also just a barbecue chip like fiend. I like so, barbecue chips, and I guess I liked them more so when I was younger, but I like barbecue. I just don't like the kettle version of barbecue. They're not here, so they're not on this list, so I can't uh, – I can say this. If the uh, the barbecue Fritos were on here, they would absolutely be an S-tier chip. Shout out to our homie Dane, but that man can crush some baked barbecue lays. So if it was baked barbecue chips, I would have to say that I would put those higher on the tier list too. And if I would ranking, agree, that would yeah. probably be an S category for him. Yeah, I I, I can't disagree there. Uh, moving on, just because we do have quite a few here. Yes, you um, do. Cheddar Chex Mix. Cheddar Chex Mix is delicious. The one thing that sucks in Cheddar Chex Mix is the stupid fucking triangle orange crackers that I don't even know why they put in there because they don't actually have any flavor. Everything else in there, delicious. B category, pro- easy for me. I, I probably haven't had these in 10 years, so I will, I'll roll with you. You need to get out there and get you some cheddar checks Mix, Jake. I, I, don't, I don't feel like I have to. I, feel I like love there's, Chex Mix. I feel like there's better cheesy options for me. Okay. Um, 
uh which combos are these are these just like the cheddar cheese combos i can't tell if that's the cheddar cheese regular or if that's the pretzel version i think it's the pretzel that matters I see another... because I the see... cheddar cheese original is trash hold, hold but cheddar on. cheese pretzels delicious cheddar cheese pretzel combos i, if I, I need, can, like, I need to see in. the bag oh it's pretzels it's pretzels yeah, I can so see it's the pre- yeah it's the pretzels yep okay uh the pretzel ones i think are top of c they're not my favorite combos, and my favorite combos are on this list. Um, I'll put them top uh, of C, and I, okay. I, All I, right. don't th- I don't think you could talk me higher. Okay, but the problem is is I don't like your favorite combos now that I see what the other one is. So. God damn it. Uh, I think the cheddar pretzel ones are better than the other ones, but that's okay. I'll, I'll accept top of C category. Bottom of B? Fair enough. Okay. Che- at, uh, Utz's Cheese Balls. Trash. Yeah. I fucking hate cheese balls. I'm putting them. I will put them above animal crackers, though. <laughs> I'll. Re- I'd rather get drunk and eat a bunch of cheese balls than animal crackers. I think cheese balls are of the cheese snacks, like you were saying. Like, there's better cheesy snacks out there than cheesy Chex Mix. Cheese balls, not it. Cheese balls yeah. are trash. I hate cheese balls. I, the I would agree. Have like that giant ass gallon jug that is pictured in this image, like at their house, and they're like, "Oh, you want some cheese balls?" I'm like, no, I don't want any fucking cheese balls. Get that shit out of here! And they cut the fucking shit out of the roof of your mouth too, because they're like, "Oh super yeah, I hate them." We had like four tubs of these at the softball tournament that we won last week, and it was they they a couple people attributed them to our victory, even though I think <laughs> one person ate them the entire time. Gross. Um, moving on, uh, your standard Cheetos. That is crunchy, though. Yeah, that's standard Cheetos, aren't they? No, the OG is Puffs, I believe. Uh, no, you're wrong. I don't think that I am. I, you're 1,000% wrong. Am I wrong? You are... Which came first, the Puff or the Crunch? Cheetos. I'm just Googling Cheetos. Just Googling Cheetos probably isn't going to give you an answer to that question. Uh, okay, hold on. It will. Give me a second here. <laughs> Uh, in the meantime while you're hunting that down i think crunchy cheetos are probably which cheeto came first bottom of c category to me the first cheetos product was crunchy cheetos all right fine fuck off carly supported you and already answered that you were right too what did you say bottom c that's what i think yeah i don't i think within that category i would probably put bugles below crunchy cheetos but I also don't like barbecue chips, and you do, so I would understand if you wanted to argue that barbecue kettle chips are above the bugles, but either way, Crunchy Cheetos is somewhere in the C category to me. I, I'll put Cheetos at the top, because I would put kettle at the top, the kettle chips at the top of C. You'd put bugles at the top of this C, way. so I think we compromise and just put Cheetos up there. This way. Cat. Cat. Kitty cat. Yeah, that's All right. All right. Original Cheez-Its. I think Cheez-Its are good if you get the ones that are, like, really cooked, like, borderline burnt, which they yeah. actually sell boxes of just that now. Do they? Like, the ex- overcooked Cheez-Its. Oh, shit. I'm going to get fat again. Delicious. All right. B, bottom B. Yeah, I'll agree there. No no real argument there. Uh, traditional Chex Mix. Delicious, not as good as cheddar. Would you put them above everything in C? Everything except for Cheetos. Perfect. I can I can agree with that. And here is where we have to fight. Yes, and it is the pizza combos. I think pizza combos are disgusting. 
I love them. The artificial, like whatever they make to think that it's a pizza flavor, is grosses me. It's out. like yeah, it's like weird, like tomato powder. Yes. I hate pizza combos. Oh, I would still put them above everything in the F category for sure. But I <sighs> guarantee you're not going to let me put them in the D category. I would put them bottom of B. So you do think that the cheese pretzel combos are better? Well, I know you won't let me put it above the, the <laughs> cheese pretzel one. So I can't I would put it at the top of B. Oh, this would be the best. Will, okay. If I'm B is the best I will let you have if you're really going to push for that. Thank you. Um, you got to remember the. I don't eat. I don't snack much anymore. Um, God, I'm trying to cut down on my snacking. It's not working. I'm a so snack. my my brain is going to like road trip snacks, and um, I always go for pretzel pretzel combos. Those are like, or not the pretzel pizza. combos, the pizza combos. Yeah, like that's always pretzel a go to for me. Yeah, it's a good road snack. Actually, right. one of my favorite snacks on the road is on this list as well. Not the right flavor, but it doesn't matter. Your wife agrees with me that pizza combos are good. Blech. Anyways, uh, Cool Ranch Doritos. Yes. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You, Ranch, yeah. Good. You, you weren't going to get any argument from me there. Corn this nuts. This is my favorite road snack. Not the OG ones, though. I like the barbecue corn nuts. Same. Same. Uh, so, like, the original is probably somewhere in the C category to me. Do they have the other flavors though? I don't think so. I'd be willing to to do this as all corn nuts and put this A category. Okay, I'll take that. Love corn right. nuts. Delicious. From the Midwest, if you don't love everything corn, you're wrong. I don't like corn, but I do Go like away. corn nuts. <clears throat> Anyways, cosmic brownies. This is like an OG kid favorite of mine, but now not so much. <laughs> I, as an adult, I don't love the cosmic brownies nearly as much as I used to. I like cosmic brownies my problem with them is i swear like every time i get them they taste more and more fake yeah it's just like artificial flavoring to the max extent possible i would probably maybe even d frankly but probably c that's more realistic yeah i'm gonna put given the the weird thing is is like if you just told me do you like cosmic brownies i'd be like yeah i do yeah but when you're comparing them to all these other snacks they're, they're not as good for sure yeah, I, I yeah, I feel like it's such a weird like that being the first like really sweet thing. Yeah, like I think that I almost feel like we need to do two of these: one just like the savory snacks and one the sweet snacks because I feel like it should rank higher purely off of nostalgia. But I yeah. I get why we have to rank it where we do. Uh, next up is French onion sun chips. D. Yeah, I I like so, French onion. I don't like French onion sun chips. The original sun chips to me are better than the French onion ones. Like they threw some flavor in there and I think it just like didn't make it better. That being said, love sun chips, love other flavors of sun chip. And there are others on this list. So that one can easily go into the D category for me. Yeah. Uh, no argument for me. Not yep. All, all we have to say there. Um, original Fritos. D. Yeah. If, if we were again, Maybe if we were going we to make the argument that this was like all inclusive of every Frito then I would put it at S, just off of the barbecue Fritos. Nah, dude. But, I'm going to run with original here, and it, it is a D. Yeah. I I, I would eat them over. So French, yeah, French. 100%. Yeah. Especially because, like, worst case, you make, like, Frito pie. <laughs> I I don't really like Fritos that much. And I just found out not too long ago that walking tacos, you know what a walking taco is, I hope? Yeah, it's a Frito pie, same thing. Oh, God, but it's not. So a walking taco is made of Doritos. 
I've never. But had I found that. out recently that other people make Frito pie or whatever the fuck you want to call it instead, where it's made with Fritos, which I'm like, God, you guys are fucking up because yeah, yeah. got to use the Doritos. It tastes so much better. But I've never, I've, I've had versions of these my entire life. Never once has it been Doritos. You need to have some Doritos. Go to Iowa, get yourself a walking taco at like a fucking sporting event of some sort. I'll think about it. I'll consider it. Um, Welch's fruit snacks. Not a big fruit snack guy. I am not Welch's. Welch's are like, I'll put it. I I'll put them in D tier, okay, because they're better than everything in F tier. And I'm gonna put them a, a, again above the French onion sun chips. I'll rely on you for that one. I'm gonna be real close to putting these French onion sun chips just at, at the top of F tier. I told you, man. They're not good. I'm doing it. I can. I committed it. All right, Funyuns. S. Yeah. Love me some Funyuns. Yep, agreed. No questions asked. All right, original goldfish crackers. I don't know how you feel about goldfish, but I still love goldfish, even as an adult. I don't like go out of my way to buy them anymore, but yeah. if I have them, still love them. Yeah. I'd put them towards the top of B tier. Mm. Would you eat gold? Would you eat goldfish over Cheez-Its? Because I don't think I would. I don't know that I would either. I guess maybe towards the top of C then. I'll put it. I know you love pizza combos, so I'm not trying to throw everything above that. Yeah, we'll put it at the bottom of B. I think that's okay. fair. All right. Um, this uh, which harvest cheddar sun chips. Harvest cheddar sun chips. Much better than French onion. The second best sun chip, which the best sun chip isn't on here, and I'm very Garden disappointed salsa. in that. Yeah, that would be Garden the top of S tier. That would be the that's the greatest chip of all time. I don't know about the greatest of all time, but definitely delicious. It's the greatest chip on. It'd be it'd have one competitor on this entire list for me. I'd but give Harvest Cheddar the bottom of A tier based on what ag- we have right now. Agreed. Agreed wholeheartedly. Flamin' Hot Cheetos. I don't know how you feel about these. Definite S tier for me. I love Flaming Hot Cheetos. I don't know if I can do S tier. Flaming Hot Cheetos are so good. Kyle, yeah, uh, our buddy. Kyle. I don't have we got a lot of Kyle. But I First can truly off, appreciate that. We got a lot of Kyles in this podcast. We probably got two Kyles watching. We got one on the screen. Kyle yeah. party over here. Uh, but yeah, goldfish always do hit the spot. For me, Flamin' Hot Cheetos, maybe it's because I'm a little, I, I consider myself to be a little more cultured. If I want like a spicy, if I want a spicy chip, I go for like Takis. I hate Takis. I love Takis. And I'll tell you why I hate Takis for something that's like a few down on the list from this. But I'll go. You have to put it in A tier. I won't let you put it lower than A tier. It's going to be A tier, but I think it's the bottom of A tier right now. Oh, that's sad. Dude. It's it's so not going to end. I'll have to accept it. Looking at the rest of the list, it's not going to end that way. It's not going to end bottom of A tier. But... Kind of the hard thing on this, too, is that most of these are um, chips, and there's just a few random ones that we have to throw in here that like kind of aren't like an apple-to-apple comparison, but that's okay. Because like this next one, right, Like the next we're going to is Jack Link's Original Beef Jerky. <laughs> Carly just got be- you there. Just because I eat them plain doesn't mean that I'm not cultured. Thank you very much. For those that are listening and not watching, Carly commented and said, you eat your cheeseburgers plain, you're not cultured. <laughs> I don't eat them plain. I put cheese on them. But all right, Jack Link's original beef jerky. S. Beef jerky is S tier. Yeah, but Jack Link's original beef jerky? Yeah. I think their teriyaki beef jerky is an S category. Even their original is. I would eat, if I'm grabbing a snack right now, beef jerky is one of my top five selections any day of the week. I love beef jerky. I just don't know that the original Jack Links is an S tier, but I will let you do it just because I do agree with you that beef jerky is 
fantastic. Perfect. Lay's Barbecue. Uh, I think Lay's Barbecue is significantly better than Kettle Brand Barbecue. That being said, I'd put it towards the end of B tier with what we have right now. Agreed. Um, yeah, I'm just going to throw it right at, right at the end of B and not really have too many qualms. I actually um, like the next chip better, which is Lay's Sour Cream and Onion. Really? I do, personally. But I know that you're much more of a barbecue chip guy than I am. I, I do like sour cream and onion, though. Here's the thing, though, is I would definitely put this above everything in C category right now. So I would I would put that at the top of C. Yeah, I, I can I can agree with that if it would let me put it in front of Cheetos. Um, all right, hint of lime Tostitos. This is why I hate Takis, and I think this belongs in the fucking trash can. Chips that use artificial lime flavor need to just all be ended. And the supply chain for everything with artificial lime flavoring in it from a chip perspective. Because I think it tastes so disgustingly fucking lab generated. It doesn't taste like lime to me. It just tastes like I'm eating a mouthful of crunchy chemicals. And Takis has a shitload of their flavors that have the addition of artificial lime. So get that shit out of here. Put it in F category. I'm going to put it at the top of F. Just to spite you. Just to spite you a little bit. What's That's wrong fun. with the little malic acid, Kyle? It's so bad. The artificial lime flavor is disgusting. It's fine. Anyways, um, yeah, sour cream chips do slap, <laughs> Uncle Kyle. You are definitely right there. True. Um, nutty bars. S. Easily. That is so easy, an S for me. And if you knew my snack habits better, like this has been... This is my OG snack food since I was a child. Other than popcorn, Nutty yeah. Bars follows me longer in life than anything else. I have loved I, Nutty Bars for my entire life. I did grow up on Nutty Bars. Did you also grow up on like the other, like the waf- the wafers, like the the vanilla chocolate strawberry yes. wafers? Yep. Yeah, those were yeah. also those are pretty good. Too. Amazing Nutty Bars. Hold on, hold on, though. hold on. I'm just remembering now that we have a trash can category. Yes, that's yes, 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 and yes. Yes, to all of those. I just like just clicked in my head. So he put sun chips, uh, the sour cream and onion, or is it, it's not sour cream. Is it just French? French, French onion. onion, French onion, sun chips, cheese balls, and animal crackers back into the trash can where they belong. Yeah, Kyle would argue that those hint of lime, yes, chips I would would be there too. The but I'm going to disagree just because I can. Um, OG Doritos up next, probably an A category to me because they don't yeah. belong in the S with. Cool Ranch, they're not as good, but they are delicious. Yeah, I would put them at bottom of A. I think that's going to be like the gatekeeper from now on. I feel like if there, if it's something that I would pick over nacho cheese Doritos, I think that's what's going to make it an A category for yeah, me agreed. now. Yeah, um, Classic Lay's. If it wasn't for the fact that everything in the trash can is so disgusting, I would put trash can original Lay's in the trash can, but they're probably an F category to me. I'm going to put them above the hint of lime chips because I would rather <laughs> just eat regular lays than those hint of lime chips yeah that's um, true. me too pringles original pringles original are disgusting yes i think so here's the weird thing is as an adult now like when I, as a kid i used to love getting tubes of pringles i thought that was cool and i like loved having those chips and it's like this unique original yeah. idea to put them in a random tube that's why i used to love to get the potatoes not was it potato skins or yeah potato skin potato skin strings oh we're talking about different things, but like the crunchy little strips of potato. You know what I'm talking about? You get like the it was literally just like a potato chip broken into like long strings. 
I no, I don't think I've had those. Anyway, it doesn't matter. No. They put them in a tube as well, and I used to love that those two. But Pringles now, as an adult, if you open a thing of Pringles and eat one, the amount of fucking grease that is in a single chip makes me want to throw up. It's like there is a greasy texture in your mouth with a chip, and that should not happen. It's not even the grease for me. It's just the fact that it's just like a shitty chip. They're like not just good. not low quality at best. Um, Perfect, right in the trash can. Ruffles Originals. Better than everything that we have in F category. I was going to argue that this goes at the top of D simply because this is the best dipping chip, in my yes. opinion. Yep, agreed, 100%. That dip that you made uh, when we were down there, yeah, I, bu- I bought the ingredients. Yeah, I, haven't made, I haven't made it yet, but I Shout I out to Carly, to. too, and I think she's listening because she found the dupe for me because I'm from Iowa, and Anderson Erickson is a thing in Iowa. Anderson Erickson French onion dip is the goat. She found a dupe makes it for me all the time now and it keeps me fat and happy because it is delicious and tastes just like Anderson Erickson. It is very good. I can vouch. What are these wasabi peas? That is just these jumbo peanuts. peanuts. Jumbo F. salted peanuts. F. Yeah. That at a baseball game, sure. And if you're eating like shelled peanuts in your home, you're a psychopath. <laughs> you are a fucking you're insane. If you're not at Texas Roadhouse or a baseball game, you're nuts. Yeah, it's. And I don't. Does te- Texas Roadhouse doesn't even do it anymore. No. Um, do they? I think they do. Maybe not now with COVID. I don't know. They don't do them where but, I'm at. So. But I I think prior to COVID they did them. Um, but yeah, Lone Star, like all of those like wannabe Southern steakhouses used to, and it was cool, but it's also just like meh. Yeah. Um, next up are Stacy's Pita Thins. I actually love these. I don't think I've ever had them. But here's the thing. I have to judge them out like independent of dips. And if it's not in a dip, then it is not good to me. Like that could easily be bottom to mid D tier. Definitely better than things in F. But like so pita chips, hummus. And I mean, I guess honestly hummus is the primary for me. But pita chips and hummus are delicious. So I think pita chips are good. They just aren't flavorful on their own it's, they're usually pretty plain so i'd leave that there i think the only ones of these stacy's pita chips that they've had did they do a version of these that were like like cinnamon sugar like sweet uh, maybe i don't know i've only ever gotten like the original ones because i like to eat them with hummus but as carly affectionately has posted that i don't ever finish them probably because they're not that good and they're definitely not good on their own which is why they're in the d category they are not independently good Makes sense to me. No arguments here. All right, Kyle. I think I have a half bag of pita chips in my cabinet right now. Here's another contentious candidate for you. Trash. Wow. I hate artificial pizza. Give me a goddamn pizza. I'm going to go eat some fucking pizza. I don't want your artificial pizza flavoring. Get the fuck out of here. I'll put it top of F because I'd still eat those over regular Lay's. Well, good because the next one is pizza Pringles. Pizza Pringles. This, pizza is wor- this is the worst. This is the worst thing on the list so far. They're <laughs> so bad. Anytime Pringles, regular Pringles are bad. Flavored Pringles make me want to vomit. Dude, the Pringles suck. Pringles are trash. Yeah. They belong completely in the trash can. Uh, white cheddar popcorn. Delicious. Smart Pop was not a thing in my life until I met Carly. She started buying this stuff, and I never like touched it. And then eventually, I was like, I'm gonna try some of this. Love the shit. I'm gonna Definitely put it in the B top of B tier. Yeah, I think agreed. I think that that beats out everything in B tier. So me. good, pretzels. I'm a big pretzel bitch. Huge I love pretzel guy. gold pretzels. In the A category, maybe, 
But like you said, categorically, is it better than Doritos? No, it's not. Probably a B tier. I think, I think because B is so deep right now, I want to make pretzels the gatekeeper to A instead of Doritos. Okay. I'll take that. Um, Cheetos puffs. Nope. No, thank you. D. Really? These these are like my preferred Cheetos. I'll 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 comfortably put them in D and I'll put them above regular Fritos. Um, because I'm the one with the my, the mouse and I get to do that. In my life, uh, I would never purchase Puff Cheetos. The only reason I eat them sometimes is because Carly buys them. I would take Crunchy Cheetos or, or Puffy Cheetos every day of the week. I, I got to stick with the Puffs, man. Raisins. Trash. Yeah. I, raisins are a trash snack. Unless you are a child and your parents are giving you raisins and you're like, oh, these aren't so bad. Raisins are fucking gross. Carly's right, Puff Gang out here. But yeah, the only way I even like raisins, honestly, is like I like raisin brand cereal. We've we've talked about this before when we did the cereal ranking. You're not a fan. But I don't like raisins. Fuck raisins. Um this is probably gonna be the most contentious one, I think. What sunflower seeds? Sunflower seeds. I love sunflower seeds. Okay. Uh, this is little, ranch sunflower seeds, which I wouldn't go for, but I think we can be a little more generic here. And I do love sunflower seeds. Taco Bell now has a sunflower seed that's like spicy taco or crunchy taco or some shit like that. Hmm. 10 out of 10, do recommend. Had actually, no idea that existed. Definitely recommend them. Not a 10 out of 10, but they are pretty freaking good. And they actually taste like tacos, which is like grossly intriguing. And they're pretty good. Bottom so where of, would you? Nah, I'd put them above bugles. About bugles, I'll agree with that. I'll, I'll say yeah. that's that's kind of like the middle ish of everything so far. Ritz crackers, trash. Really, trash. Come on, bottom God of F. It. above peanuts God. and above lime. Okay, maybe top of F. Yeah, I was gonna say it's at least top of F. Ritz crackers of all snack crackers might be the worst. I love Ritz. There's like a sweetness to them. Well, they have like that buttery flavor that they try to get yeah. you addicted to, but I think I more times it. than not, you get soggy and or like basically stale ritz even like when you buy them brand new i love soggy ritz that's disgusting like you ever take a bite of a ritz cracker and then you drink some water so it like that makes me want to throw up in my mouth uh well try it that's delicious all right cheddar cheese ruffles definitely better than the original ruffles actually in my opinion i would put them somewhere in the c category i want to i want to say this is top of c tier for me i love cheese ruffles yeah they're good I'm when i was a kid top- i used to eat that shit all the time i'm putting them top of c they're they're goaded for me the um, next these- is salt and vinegar kettle which i think are definitely better than the barbecue kettle i think of you're insane so of kettle chips i think salt and vinegar might be the best flavor you can get in a kettle chip you're wrong the jalapeno flavor is but jalapeno is the best i think salt and vinegar is the next on the list for kettle chips i like barbecue flavor but for kettle specifically, salt and vinegar is is it. I hate salt and vinegar with a passion. Dude, Mostly I just because I don't like vinegar. I get salt and vinegar wings now. Delicious. That sounds disgusting so to me. So good. So good. Okay. These are, I believe, the honey mustard pretzels. I think so. And I don't like Snyder's pretzels in general. Again, too, for me, it's kind of a grease thing. I feel like you yeah, get, I get what you're saying. Like the, this greasy pretzel, and I don't like them. I would I would still eat these over pita chips though. I would too. Okay. Fruit snacks? Yeah, I'm not a big fruit snack guy. Fritos? Yeah, I would. Not uh, over Cheetos Puffs, which is actually yeah. unique. Okay. To me. Okay. 
Um, I'm just gonna put this in. Yeah, another Pringle. Straight. In the I'm gonna. Uh, I would prefer the sour, uh, cream. sour cream and onion yeah. ones yeah. over the. Yeah, sure. I'd actually probably honestly eat those over those nah, two. All right. Yeah. Fine. This is S tier. Sweet so, and spicy chili Doritos. The weird thing for me is that when somebody first introduced these to me, I thought they were the goat. I was like, holy fuck, these are These good. are the goat. And I no longer think that. I think that Cool Ranch is definitely better. And Wrong. then, But I do think like on a case-by-case basis, I would pick these over nacho cheese Doritos. I would never put these over Flaming Hot Cheetos. My uncle is advocating for Ritz crackers with cheese Whiz, which I'm going to go against just because I generally don't like cheese whiz maybe um, carly could comment in the comments on this one but i think we were watching a show or something where somebody did a charcuterie board with fucking ritz crackers and cheese on it and it was so good to me like honestly ritz crackers and cheese is delicious and cheese whiz i mean but yeah. it's like it is it's like a staple of being white trash like that is your fucking yeah. like charcuterie bo- board of like fucking ritz crackers and cheese whiz and it's so funny because like as a kid growing up we had that shit all the time yeah um i don't know i don't back to these sweet and spicy chilies these are like this these are my goat on this list like these are what i'm not let you put them above cool ranch i can promise you that can i put them next can i put them equal fine if if that was possible more but i'll let you do that they are not going above cool ranch they're the best dorito in the world anyways Mm -hmm. uh salt and anything salt and vinegar is trash thank you kyle agree with you there star crunch delicious these have to be a a these are s i would say so too but i okay yeah i'll just agree i'll just let you do it i'm putting them in front of onions because i love star crunches star crunches a goat regular sun chips is that the original they must have changed the bag that looks weird to me yeah the original sun chips okay uh yeah d tier i don't know these are the best plain chips on the so board. you're gonna put them above Ruffles original in D tier, top of D. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, I believe these are just original Tostitos. Yep, and in, this is another one where at, when it's independent of salsa, not good. Like you're not buying Tostitos to snack on Tostitos. Yeah, that's why I'm putting them at the bottom of D tier. They're like they're right there with the Stacys, where it's like you need a dip for them to be yes, good, but they're not F tier. They're not that yep. bad. Yeah, I agree. Triscuits. Triscuits are delicious. I'm a wheat thin fella myself Same. over Triscuits. So I'd put Triscuits somewhere in the middle of maybe D tier. Because Triscuits put... are kind of into, or you know dependent on some sort of like a cheese or something too. Like most people aren't just eating plain Triscuits because you're just going to dry the shit out of your mouth. So I would put them somewhere to the towards the top of D probably. I don't know if I can go that high. I think these are like in the the Stacy's Tostitos category for myself personally. I don't disagree with that. Person, like it, it, they're just it, they're all I like, like wheat thins more, which is wheat thins is next on the list. So I yeah, put wheat thins above maybe Fritos. I'd put wheat thins. I probably would put arguably them above those top pretzels. of. I'd put them probably arguably top of like C for me. Oh, I don't think so. Just because wheat thins, like even though I like them, I would still want to have like some sort of a cheese or something with them too. And I'd rather pick up like even Cheetos puffs over a plain wheat thin, just dry. What about above the kettle chips? Yeah, okay. Fine. And then I think last... you should bump a kettle down into the D category then. Salt and vinegar. Bye. 
goldfish blasted the flavor blasted goldfish. i think those could easily go in the trash can for me maybe yeah. f at best because I, I think put the them flavor up. blast ones are just like they're just not good i'd pick those good. over pretzels and probably over the hint of lime chips so that's that's where they're gonna go for us you mean over peanuts yeah same yeah peanuts um but yeah so this is our uh our list here uh, make sure you're following us on twitter um, yep. so that if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast you will see the image there um, it is downloaded i will upload it on the twitter uh immediately following this um I'm Kyle... to send that to my brothers because they were giving me shit the other day they act... my brothers actually called me late the other night maybe a couple weeks ago they were like hey help us rank some fast food restaurants and i was like oh i've already done that here's my list I did and this for we, a whole podcast. We, uh, we battled about it. My brother also said that he should have been here when we debated cereal because he's a big cereal guy. We'll bring him back. We'll, That's we'll... what I told him. I said, you have a standing invite. Come on over. We will rehash the argument. But that was a great topic. It killed a lot of time. Um, and speaking of killed a lot of time, we got to rate our beers. Seven what do you have for me? 7.5? Yep. I like it. It's good. I would buy it again. I am actually... Probably also gonna go seven five. This was very good. This I think is more of a stout that you would like. It's not over or not, more of a sour than you would like. It's not overly sour. That sour note is there, but it kind of works because it's a key lime thing. Um, the mango was a little bit weird. I could have done without that. But Carly loves mango, so she might like that. But neither of us have ever really liked sours too, so I don't know. All right, seven point five. While Jake is typing that out, my next beer is from Rusty Rail Brewing, and this one was also courtesy of Carly because she pointed it out and thought it looked really good. And I am going to check it out, but it's called Waffle Sauce, and it Ooh. is a maple pecan imperial brown ale. Oh, waffle sauce! I'm. We might have to trade some beers here. That sounds amazing. I'm hoping that I crack this open and it just smells like maple syrup to me. I that would be any. Ideal. Anything maple syrup is absolutely amongst the best. It does not smell like maple syrup, but it does smell good. All right. Uh, my second beer is Riverlands Brewing Company, and it is their Pastry Power Apple Crisp Sour, which I'm cheating. I've had this one before, but it's so fucking good that I have to drink it on the podcast. Dude, I, I went to Total Wine. I told Jake that's kind of why we were a little bit more delayed today uh, because, A, I had to turn in a school project that I forgot about that was due today. Uh, but B, I also had to go to Total Wine and pick up some new beer. And almost every time that I'm there, I have a really hard time not just buying Belching Beaver peanut butter stout. And this time I said, fuck it, and I bought another one. So I won't drink yeah. it on the podcast again, but I had to just get one because I love it. Yeah, I feel like it's okay for us to have some beers that we've had before for the for the reviews, personally. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, your topic took up a lot of time, a lot more than Welcome. I was expecting. So I'm going to pivot off of what I was going to talk about and save that for next week and talk about a little bit more of a a fun topic, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Kyle. Jake. That is my name. Thank you. Um, what are three things that if money was no object, you would start collecting? computer parts i have no reason to want multiple computer parts other than because i wouldn't be functional for me i'm never going to use more than one computer other than my laptop uh but i have this addiction to like wanting to build computers all the time and i would just you know when you watch like i guess most people probably can't relate to this but if you watch any like the um, uh pc component or like pc building youtubers and you see in like their background of their set and they just have shelves full of pc parts yeah 
God, can you imagine? You're like, I just, like things I would do it. for that. Yeah, no, yeah, that would so that's be definitely one of them for me. Um, to be a little different from you, number one for me, um, it's actually you can see it over my left shoulder here. Hmm. It's baseball gloves. Um, I used to be very. I thought you were gonna go with whiskey. Uh, number two on my list. Um, uh, but no baseball gloves. Um, there's always been something about baseball gloves that I've loved. I, when I was a baseball player, um, and even now as like a softball player, I've always prided myself on being a, a good defensive player more so than like a great offensive player. Um, and, and the glove to me, it's like what, it's what connects you to the baseball. Um, and, and, I've always like really enjoyed. I just like I like the feel of leather. I like the feel of really nice leather. I've had probably over sixty or seventy different baseball gloves um, mm-hmm. since I started playing the game, um, and a lot of that was through like trading and, and buying and selling and and all of that fun stuff. Um, right. and, and for me, you know, playing softball more this summer after having to take you know a year off with COVID, it really kind of ignited that passion again. Um, where I, I, I just want to to buy more baseball gloves. And, and it's and it takes a lot for me to not do it. But there's just something about a really great baseball glove that hits different for me. Yeah, fair enough, man. Uh, next on my list would absolutely 110% be video game consoles uh, because I actually have a pretty decent collection of them right now, but I wish that I had basically all of them from forever. Makes sense. And the problem is, is that I, I probably wouldn't play them most of the time. Like I've had a GameCube for years and I can't remember the last time I played it. I think the only game that I ever actually bought for it when I rebought a GameCube was Animal Crossing, like the OG Animal Crossing. I played that yeah. a little bit, but uh, nothing really since then. But that being said, I have a Nintendo 64 a GameCube. I have an Xbox One. I have a PlayStation 3, a PlayStation 4. I have a Nintendo Switch. Like I, I love video game consoles, and I, I think it's fun just to have them. And I, I mean, ideally, if I had a bigger house, I would probably try to display them some way, shape, or form. Like other than just under my TV, because I think that it's they're pretty cool. Like I love to have the old consoles. Game. I wish I had my old Game Boys and shit. You know. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly there. I wish I never got rid of any of the systems. But you talking about displaying them? Just it's a real quick question that I just want to kind of ask you about. What are your thoughts on? like wall mounted PCs. I think they're awesome. I think if you have the space for it, I think they're really cool. The only concern of mine is like having to clean them all the time and like the dust concept, because usually if they're wall mounted, they have no uh, cover on them whatsoever. So there's no way for you to filter the dust. They're just going to be dirty all the time, probably. Right. And not necessarily like gross. Like it's pretty easy for you just to reach up and take an air duster and blast it out. You know what I mean? But that being said, that'd be kind of like my only concern, but I think they look really cool. I also really like the ones that people have mounted in like desks now. So like it's, yeah. you know, you make like a three or four inch deep desk and put your computer into the desk with like a, a plexiglass top or whatever it is, you know, I think those are really cool too. Yeah. Leon Lee has a, a, a desk that they sell, which is essentially meant to be a computer case too. And, yeah, and I've always sure. thought those were, those were sick. Yeah, um, cool. yeah. Number two for me would be whiskey. Um, I'm very clearly a, a whiskey fan. Um, and the problem with being a whiskey fan is it's expensive. Um, there, there's no cheap way to get good whiskey. There's yeah, just expensive. not, they're just not, um, like even there, like I have a bunch of whiskey. I think the most expensive bottle is like 45, 50 bucks. Like it's nothing crazy. Um, and I've had a lot of whiskeys that are in that hundred dollar plus range that I would love to be able to regularly buy because they're some of my favorites, but I just can't sure. justify that expense. Yeah. It's expensive, man. That, and that's a hobby too, where if you're not like, 
you're not having the time just to kind of like sit down and enjoy that and like that's not a part of your routine like just to display the bottle probably isn't going to do it for you you have to be able to enjoy it too so that's a tough one to do just to to justify expending that much income on something that you're which i mean the same could be said of anything that i said too like the investment of computer parts would be disgustingly high and i'd never use most of them but just having the option to be like, oh, I think I'll pull my 3090 off the shelf today and plug it in. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. And same with you. Like, I wish I could pull this $500 bottle of whiskey off my shelf today and take a sip. But yeah, it's expensive for sure. Yeah. And uh, there is like the expensive whiskeys. I, I, when I refer to those, I'm referring more to the whiskeys too that are just inherently expensive. Like not necess- like not because of marketing or rarity or anything like that, but like good whiskeys that are truly just kind of expensive. Not like your Pappy Van Winkles that are like expensive because they're rare. Like I'm just talking about like good expensive bottles of whiskey that aren't like, especially too, it's hard to to say that even because like it's regional, like Weller Reserve, like you can get that in places like Ohio and it's, it's bottom shelf. It's like 30 bucks a bottle. And if you, you find that in Illinois, it's top shelf, 150 a bottle plus. Dude, geographic availability of certain things makes it like, it's wild how much more valuable something can be just because of the region that you're in. Yeah, it's insane. It's absolutely insane because the the it's so drastically different. Like especially with liquor, because of the liquor laws being different in so many states. Like there's just in in some like ABC states where the state does all of the buying, you just won't see certain liquors in general. Not just whiskey, but just certain liquors. They just will never be available because the state is the only one who can buy them. Yeah, thankfully I don't. I've never lived in a place like that. That sounds terrible. We but, visited a, a place like that, and we didn't know it was like that until we got there. And we're like, "Oh, we'll just go to the liquor store." Oh, the liquor store's closed. We had to get like shitty, skunked out Trulies from a Seven Eleven. Dude, being from Iowa, like growing up, you have booze everywhere all the time. Yeah. So I remember the first time I went to an Iowa Nebraska game at Nebraska, and I was just walking around with a thirty rack of Bush Light, and I was like nineteen years old. And then finally, like one of these Nebraska fans walks up to me and they're like, hey, dude, 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 this is a dry campus. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And they're like, you can't have booze here. And I was like, what the fuck? This is a goddamn college football tailgate. What do you mean I can't have booze? Yep. And it just blew my mind. Like the the dry anything concept to me is just doesn't make any fucking sense. Yep. Agreed wholeheartedly. All right. What is number... Really quick, on my bucket list yep. is a hundred percent going to Ireland and trying every Irish whiskey I can get my hands on, and really honestly, every Irish beer too, because I just love Irish whiskeys, love dark Irish stouts, and I love Irish reds. Couples trip, dude. I would love to go to Ireland. And I'm that. like sixty five percent Irish. I I've been meaning to go to the homeland. I'm at um, least fifty percent. I don't fucking know what my genealogy is, but my mom's side is very Irish. Yeah, my mom's side is like off the boat Irish, and yeah. my dad's side has some sprinkled in there. So yeah, definitely on my bucket list as well. Hundred percent agree with you there. My third and final, uh, with money being no object, would be cars. Like I, and it's not like I'm obsessed with cars or anything like that, but I think if you could wake up in the morning, walk out to your like fifty-five car garage, just yeah. go. I think I'm gonna take the Porsche today. Like, I can't imagine how fucking dope that would be. Like, I'm going to take the Tesla today. I'm going to take the Lamborghini today. You know, it'd be it'd be so much fun just to drive those vehicles just at will. Yeah. Yeah, I got to I gotta agree with you there. Cars is definitely, it's got to be up there. Um, my brain went, even though I said money was no object, my brain didn't go like there. 
Um, but for me, it would be like sports memorabilia. Like I wish I could just own like, if money was no object, I could be (laughs) crisp, the glove that Chris Bryant used in the world series, a Babe Ruth bat, uh, you know, a, an Ernie Banks signed bat, like just getting things that are just like one in a million, like literally just cause like with cars, it's, there's very few cars that are truly like one of one or one of two. Whereas like. With sports memorabilia, like if I get the glove that Chris Bryant used in the World Series, that is one of one. That is the only glove that he used in that World Series. You, I've changed my second topic for the day based on that, based on what you literally just said, and I think it'll be. I'm interested to hear your opinion. I've been talking about this a little bit, but it doesn't matter. For we'll, we can finish the discussion first. But for me, like it's the utility of cars, right? So like if I have yeah. a bunch of sports memorabilia, unlike anything else that we've listed, other than the whiskey, like you're not gonna enjoy any of those things other than just admiring them. But with a car. Like True. I can hop in my Lamborghini and go fucking hit 85, like in no seconds at all on the highway and just, and just fucking cruising. You know what I mean? So it'd be a ton yeah. of fun just to get out that, there and have that, yeah, uh, that option that, available. That aspect is definitely, I think probably most unique to cars just because driving a car is such a unique experience and driving yep. like supercars is even more of a unique experience. Am I very done it? Love to do it. Very little experience doing it. I, I've had the ability to drive um, a Lamborghini Mercedes-Lago before. And I, what I consider to be supercars too are like some import cars. Uh, so like a Toyota Supermark IV, a GTR R34. I've had the ability to drive those. Um, yeah. And I consider those to be like my supercars just because I've always kind of liked that like tuner car culture. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's an experience. You ain't driving your, your Chevy Impala. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I hate my car. I would love to have a different car. And I, I didn't mind your car. I, it's a boat. It's not exciting. There's nothing sexy about a fucking Chevrolet Impala. I really want to go. Well, I know for a fact with 100% certainty that my next vehicle is going to be fully electric. I don't know which exactly it's going to be yet, but I'm going to the electric side of uh, vehicles for sure next. Makes sense. You got to do what you got to do. Indeed. All right. Well, that is all for my topic. Um, Kyle, what is topic number two for you? I don't know how long this is going to last, because it depends on your level of experience with this topic. But that being said, I want to know, based on what you just said, because I think the rarity aspect and like the one of a kind aspect applies to this, and, and it's why it's getting popular. What is your opinion on NFTs? And if you don't I... know what an NFT is, and for the audience, I can kind of explain it. It's a non fungible token. So essentially, what an NFT is is it is a digital. Not necessarily a reproduction of something, but it is a digital something that is unique to you. So you would be the only or one of very few people that would own this digital property. So what people are doing a lot right now is you'll own. So I I have a friend that I work with and he owns certain NFTs that are video clips of like impressive moments in basketball right now. So he'll own the video clip of like LeBron James dunking the ball, right? Or something like that. And based on the rarity of these clips, people are, or, and it could be anything, right? So it could be, uh, there's another one too, that is like, I think it's called weird whales where this mm-hmm. like fucking yep. like 11 year old kid or however old he is designed these digital images of whales and like these weird faces and shit. And he sold the, the digital, uh, image of these whales for money. And so the crazy thing to me is that it, it like, it is becoming an incredibly, monetary industry and it is all digital and so i'm curious what you think about nfts like would you ever invest in nfts is there a certain type of nft that you'd go for given your like 
your admiration of sports memorabilia? Is that something you'd be interested in the sports world? Yeah, definitely. I've actually, I have purchased um, NBA Top Shots in the past. I, I do still have a couple that I am holding. Um, I regret not selling them when they were at peak, but that's a different story. Um, Inside 2020 in the markets. Always is. Uh, yeah, for, for me, I think NFTs were kind of like a, a um, it was kind of an inevitable, in my opinion. Like we've, we've found a way to digitalize everything else. You know, when it comes to like even just, like video games like we we've adapted video games from original like originally you know pong was like your first video game ever that was adapted from an actual event like an actual thing that you could do and we're seeing that even now with like vr taking over where it's like now you're just physically you're still doing the thing you were doing before now it's just in a game um like we've digitalized everything that we have we've digitalized everything that we do with cryptocurrency being a thing, this was inevitably, in my opinion, something that was going to happen. I think there's a ton of room for growth and I think we're still like at the floor of NFTs. That being said, there are some NFT, I have a hard time with things that are inaccessible. And for like the NFTs that are worth, worth investing in, they're very inaccessible. Like CryptoPunks is probably the most I don't know if it's the most popular or the most expensive that are out there, but it's some of the most expensive ones that I hear about just based off of people that I follow on social media. Um, and if you're not familiar, I don't know if you're super familiar with CryptoPunks. It's essentially like 8-bit renderings of like different people. Um, so they're like different characters. They're stylized different way and they're all unique or they're, there's variations of X. There's a punk, a, a CryptoPunk and there's X variations of it. And like the floor to get into that, it's hundreds of ethereum which is just in it's an insane amount of money and oh, yeah it, like it's it's just a crate like a crazy investment to start off with and for the vast majority of people like that's inaccessible it's just it's an insane amount of money to drop on a non-tangible item plus like a lot of the people who are in that space are like mocking people for not being in that space it's like sorry i don't have a hundred grand worth of ethereum to just drop on stuff right now like I've just, it's just, there's a, there's a disconnect. Yeah. I think, I think there is a place for NFTs to exist. And I, and, and like you're saying, as a sports fan, the NBA top shot model could be extrapolated into fucking golf, tennis, baseball, yeah, football. Anything. Like it could sport, be yeah. anything. And it's like, yeah, the baseball card of the past is now the NFT. Uh, yeah, it, it, exactly. It's just, it's a modernization of that, you know, that previous industry and and it's funny too because like you talk about like just like uh from a sports perspective but it could be the same kind of concept for for your trading card games uh like your pokemon or your Yu-Gi-Oh or anything like that like you could have a digital version of that card or even like an avatar of a character and have it be a limited edition nft that you own and yeah. there's an assigned value to that and it, i think it is it's extraordinary to me how this is kind of like I won't say it's like the way of the future, but it is definitely something that is, it's got so much momentum now that I don't think it's going away. I think this yeah. is kind of like something that is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. But the thing for me, and honestly, like at the end of the day, makes me feel like kind of like a boomer, uh, but I don't get it. And, and I really don't understand the appeal to this concept because I do understand. So here's the thing. I will say I understand it in one respect and one respect only. And that is as somebody that wants to, take advantage of that type of a market and you want to purchase an NFT in the intent of reselling it at a higher value. That mm -hmm. to me makes sense 
even though I don't understand why you would ever want a digital copy of something, I think if you're trying to do it in a way to make money, I think it is a valuable way for you to do that. That being said, as a collector of NFTs, I don't understand it because in, in with sports specifically, right? Like me owning one of 100 videos of LeBron dunking the ball doesn't mean anything to me. I can go on fucking YouTube right now and watch that clip for free. So the fact that I own it, if you're not using that in a sense of like, I want to sell this eventually for more money, then what I, I don't understand the value that it has to you as the consumer of that. Like you don't, you own that digital video clip, mm-hmm. but it's accessible to everybody. Yeah. Like even though you own it, anybody can watch that. So it's yes. not like you have a Rembrandt or a fucking Da Vinci painting in your house. You know what I mean? Like you don't have that. You have something that everybody can go have complete accessibility to at any given time. It's not like you have the only copy of the Mona Lisa in your house. And if anybody wants to see it, they have to come to your house. I can find everything that you're looking at on the internet right now. Yes, I, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, and I think it, I think it is dependent on the NFT as well. Um, like with CryptoPunks, you, if you try and take a CryptoPunk that you don't own and make it your profile picture on Twitter, you will get like a copyright strike on your Twitter account. Like it's, it's a tangible copyright. It's like, or I don't even know if it's copyrighted, but it's like a tangible good that people have you like use for different things. What's that when called it, again? Sorry. Uh, CryptoPunks. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's. It, it's it's a modernization of art and it there's a market for it not it's not going to be a market that everybody goes into but i i appreciate it for what it is and if i had more financial means i would probably invest more heavily than i, Dude, than I did you ever am. play any like the old it's not even really like an rpg but like the coca-cola world or whatever the fuck it was called yeah my coke my coke.com yeah, yeah there's a couple other ones that i can't remember that is what like this is like the yeah. cyberpunk or cryptopunk. I mean, I think cryptopunks are sick. It's fucking. It is literally just. It looks like a screenshot from one of those old games, but people are paying a ton of money for it. Yeah, I mean, if you if you go on the front page and look at like punks for sale, I think it's in order. Like the cheapest is ninety nine point nine nine Ethereum. You go to like the top end of it, and you're looking at over. Like some of these are listed for sale for like $3 billion. Yeah, dude, I just honestly. Yeah, like a thousand Ethereum. Somebody, I think this one person has theirs listed for a million Ethereum. Yeah, it looks like the cheapest is around like 342,000 from what I'm seeing. Yeah. But, But this is the crazy thing about punks is like six months ago, 1 million was the ceiling. They've grown so heavily so quickly. And I don't know. Again, it's there's different Dude, the levels. Top one is worth like I don't know if that's. I think it's a million Ethereum. Is that what that says? Um, <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? How is this eight bit character of a brown haired woman with orange or uh, purple tinted sunglasses worth fucking three? Is I don't know if that's three billion dollars. It's or no, Kyle. It's one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Twenty digits after the three. 
that, that that is insane. No one, obviously, no one's ever gonna buy that for what that's worth. That person is listing theirs at this level for the memes of things. That is literally insane. But yeah, it, it's like this is more the, money than most people will make in their lifetimes for a digital eight bit image. Yeah, and and that's my point. It's just like there's some some NFTs are just going to be inaccessible to the general public, but I think there is a level of it which is intriguing to people, and it's no different, in my opinion, than investing in cryptocurrency. It's, it's the same kind of non tangible good, um, and and you're you're doing it for whether it's the the appreciation of the the good itself or for the investment opportunity that the good brings, and that that's where I stand on it. I think there is a place for it. Um, not it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Uh, and Did that's you know okay. The interesting thing is for me is I think that this is like the only fans of the world, like where you have kind the of. market where people would sell like, "Hey, I am such and such person. I'm going to sell five images of me, like in some sort of a pose, and it is unique. And they you're do the only that. one that's ever going to have. Yeah, I'm sure they do. They like that, that if you to go- me is like that is more of a market to me than an eight bit character. Like I could totally see like people buying into that. And people taking advantage of that as a, you know, a potential uh, distributor of that type of a, a product. But it's just like outside yeah. of that, like when it like, oh, my God, it blows my mind like yeah. that people will pay for these things. And it, it's just something that I've never been able to wrap my head around. I've had quite a few conversations with some people that I know that that purchase these things and not necessarily like all types of NFTs, mostly sports related from the people that I've talked to. But it's just. I don't get it and I'm still struggling to wrap my head around it. And I, I understand that it's not going away, but I just, for the life of me, I don't understand why anybody would ever want a digital something that I can. It's so, okay. And I've, I've compared it this way, right? Like for me, if I want to go see the Mona Lisa, I am going to book a trip to France and I'm going to go to the Louvre and I'm going to go look at Mona Lisa. Right. If I want to see a digital imprint of Mona Lisa, it's not going to be the same experience. I, yeah. I can go look up the Mona Lisa right now. It's not the same experience. I need to go there to see the museum, to see the art, to see the whole experience, right? There's a whole experience involved in going to see that image. But with an NFT, my ability to go look at your clip of some sports event happening right now is absolutely the same experience as you purchasing that NFT and watching that clip. But somehow I... we've atta- we've attached this this uh, limited edition concept to these NFTs that is giving them an assigned value. And that to me is bewildering. I think if you look at NFTs just through the realm of like the clips and stuff like that, I can see where you're coming from. But like, if you really think about it, like it's, it's, it's no different than owning a skin in game. Like there's, there's, there's gaming, like my Fortnite account is worth, probably close to a thousand dollars just because i have some like season one skins that you can't get it ever again it's and so that's the funny thing. that you bring that up because i just had a conversation recently with a friend of mine but it's another topic so i don't want to dive into it but i hate the concept of of the pay for anything within a video game i hate that concept like i hate the the hey in order to be cool amongst your friends you have to give us more money so your character can look a little bit different because it doesn't change the experience of your gameplay at all it is truly a visual effect only and you're not gaining anything else from it it is truly cosmetic there's no performance in it there's no anything that you are gaining other than hey guys i look cool and yeah and it's it's just it yeah i un- so I, I get that i'm in the minority of 
people probably in from this perspective because I think people are clearly spending the money on this. Almost every single video game has ad adapted to this concept of selling some sort of a of, of a cosmetic override in game because they have realized that the market for it is massive. I just don't get it, <laughs> and I probably never will. And that's okay. That's and that's that the, okay. That's the fun of this. Is that's it's, the boomer part of my brain apparently. Hey, I'm. You know, you want to know how I'm a boomer? It is 10:15 p.m. Central Time, and I'm ready for bed. I feel that. So I, I understand the boomer side of things, but um, that you know that was that was a really good topic. Um, I, I was actually planning to bring that up in, a, in at some point, so I'm glad that you did. Um, yeah. I think I think it led to a really good conversation. Dude, people throw some opinions out there too on Twitter. Like, hit us up, let us know on the Two Average Husbands account or on our personal accounts. Let us know what you think about NFTs and where you think that market is going in the future. And I'll be happy to hear your perspective and kind of try to wrap my head around it a little bit better because I've had some of these conversations, but I just I don't get it, man. I don't, and I think I think it's going to take something pretty significant for me to change my mind on that but i'd love to hear other people's opinions too yeah and honestly if if you're somebody who owns a ton of nfts or you're you're very heavily invested whether it's in the actual purchasing and selling if you're in the production side of nfts reach out to one of us maybe we'll have you on for an episode and you can kind of talk to it yeah, you know sure. talk to us a little bit more in depth that's one thing that i do kind of want to start to do a little bit more on this podcast is get some people who are kind of experts for lack of a better term in some yeah. of these industries that we're super interested yeah, in and kind of yeah. seeing their view on some of these things. So yep. that, was, that was a really great topic, Kyle. I, I, I think that was awesome. Um, before we jump into my final topic, just because uh, I'm going to make our last topic short and sweet just because we're running out of time here. Um, what do you rank your second beer? I would give this a 7.0. Okay. Rookie score. It, it's still pretty good. It's not bad. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't probably pick this one up again. Uh, if it was available, uh, you know, on tap somewhere, maybe I'd give it another shot. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out of my way to go buy this one again. But it was, it was good. That's disappointing. I was hoping for higher things out of that. Well, the big thing with with brown brown ales, and we've talked about this before, is most brown ales are very, very much in the same range when it comes yeah. to ratings from from I think both of us because your browns, even when they add a little bit more flavor, it always has kind of that same underlying brown beer tone. Yeah. So it's, it's if you did system. those, if you did that same flavor profile on a stout, it'd be so much better. Agreed. Um, for mine, I'm going to give it a 7.9. It is a phenomenal beer. Um, if you like sours, even if you don't like sours, I, I think you, you can enjoy this. Um, it's, it's great. Um, but to uh, start to wrap us up here, Kyle, what are like uh, – I was going to do 10, but I don't want to take up too Ooh, much time. Ten. Um, so let's just do five. What are five things that – you are looking for in terms of like the next piece of property that you own or it's a good question are, are like a good topic too yeah like we'll just say that in the next piece of property that you would you would buy you would build etc what are five things that you would really hope that property has so i think this is kind of two but i'm gonna you can tell me if it's one or two i don't care i can give this either as two or, or one of my things but as somebody that grew up in the Midwest and that I've now re relocated to the Southwest, I could tell you that if I could anywhere in the United States, at least get this again, it would be priceless to me. I would pray, pay a lot of money to again, have access to either an attic or a basement because they don't exist here. It is very hard to find them. And when you do, uh, it, it usually comes associated with, with a cost for sure. Uh, yeah. 
and so for me, like, I think the, the value of storage space, um, specifically in the form of an attic or a basement is almost priceless to me now that I've left. It is a staple of the Midwest. You find it everywhere. Every single property has it, but here it's not a thing. Yeah. Uh, and so for, for that reason, like that is probably my number one on the list is if I, I need storage space, but typically, uh, that is kind of associated with like the Midwestern mentality, like I said, of, of an attic or a basement. So I'd love to have either one of those again. Basement is actually number one on my list as well. I love fully finished basements. There's been houses yeah. where I was yeah, like, yeah. I will buy this house just because of the basement. Get the like, football den in the basement. Exactly. Well, and that's what Jess has basically already told me. Like if we have a basement in our house, like it can be your kind of like man cave. And yeah. so I'm like going to sure. fully run with that. If I have the, your she shed, the chance. as you were. Yeah. <laughs> she shed. Uh, but yeah, basements, I don't care as much for an attic. Maybe that's because storage, man. The houses I grew up in never had an attic, but in the basement we had a separate room for storage. We had like yeah. a we had a section that wasn't finished even. It was just purely yep. put all like your said, shit one or the other. There. I don't need both. Yeah. But yeah. if I had one or the other it'd be extremely helpful given now that I've cuz we came from the Midwest, right? With probably a little bit of extra stuff and we've inherited some stuff and got some more stuff and blah 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 and now we just all of our closets are full of storage. Yeah. In like spare rooms and stuff. And I would, I would love for that to not be a thing so people could use the closets when they stay here. But yeah, I, I will, I lean basement over attic just because basements typically, even if you use it for storage, there's still some usable space. Yeah. I agree with you. So and I, you, you don't have like the, you know, the property of like, I have to crouch in my fucking attic to go do things either. Like exactly. Have, like, it's a more usable space to have a basement typically, I would say. Yeah. So basement is number one on my list as well. What's number two for you? Uh, not everybody would probably agree with this, but I would say a dual sink in the bathroom. Yep. Uh, it was one of the ones on our list when we were house shopping of, we, it was a must have for us and we ended up not getting it. Um, which is fine. Like we kind of had to settle outside of that a little bit, which is not what we wanted to do, but given the market that we were looking at, we weren't loving a lot of the houses that we were seeing and this one we loved. And so we went with the house that we loved, despite the fact that we weren't going to get the double sink, but we're still thinking about installing a double sink in that bathroom. So it is a must have for us, I think. For me, um, in very similar vein to what you're referring to, it's just two bathrooms. You'd be surprised the number of houses that are for sale in Illinois that have just one bathroom. And I can't think any house built in the 2000s and later needs to have more than one bathroom. If you are building a house now and you're putting one bathroom in it, you're a fucking idiot. Any house ever should have two bathrooms. Like, I don't care. Yeah, I agree. Like, if I bought a house with one bathroom, the first thing I would do is figure out where I could put in another bathroom. Like, I I don't get it. I Especially, like, the weirdest thing to me, which is a very common thing in Illinois houses, the one bathroom is the master bathroom. So it's connected to the bedroom. Do you want every single person that comes in your house having to go through your bedroom to go to the bathroom? No, yeah, no you, don't that. you don't. Awkward. So two bathrooms, absolute must have for me um, in my future property. Next for me would be a bigger garage. And that being said, I, uh, so we have a two stall garage at our house right now. And when we say two stall, we mean there is no additional space in that garage for it is anything cramped. other than two vehicles. If you put two cars in there, you have to like fucking sidestep your way around one of the cars just to get yourself to where you need to be and so i need a garage that is i would say like two and a half to three stall garage at at the minimum because you need to have at least a little bit more space so that you can fucking move yeah (laughs) and and that goes into the storage aspect too right so if you have a little bit of extra space in your garage you can use that for storage too and that helps 
uh, for, for a number of reasons. So definitely a bigger garage than something that will barely fit two vehicles is a must have. Yeah. 100% agree with you there. Um, one garage thing- in general, by the way, is a must have the fucking like carport concept or no garage, like park in the street. No, thank you. I have to have a garage in my house. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not buying a house. If I, I, I don't care. Even if it's a detached garage, I'm buying a garage, like a house with a garage. Yeah, preferable to have it attached, obviously, but Agreed. detached would be fine too. I have to have a garage. Even if I bought a detached garage, I would probably build like a breezeway to make it. I feel like detached garages aren't really that much of a thing here either. I think that's more of a Midwestern yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I think thing too. it's Midwest. And then when we were looking at houses more in like the Carolinas, it was very common there as well. Like nice places either, with nicer weather. It, like, Yeah, you see either carports here, which is just, you know, like a covered yep. driveway essentially. Or you see a garage that's attached. You don't really see like a separate garage. Yeah. Um, for me, number three would be, and this is going to be like probably the most like first world problem thing that I'm going to say this entire time. I want a sink that faces like wherever my living room is so that I can do the dishes and watch TV at the same time. Like that's, it's so weird to say, and it's it's not real. It's not truly you like want a mu- like a sink in like your like your um, island then like in the kitchen. Yeah, you want like a center sink. Okay. Yeah, essentially. Um, so like the way it is at my parents' house, their island is, it's got uh, like supporting beams, so it's not really like an island per se. Sure. But it's got like the cut like the bar cut out. Yeah, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and there's faces like the living room, so if you're doing anything in the in the kitchen, you can still see the TV like. I don't know. It's just like a, it's a pure, like I said, first world problems thing, but I would love to have that. It's not a must have, but it's one of those things that I would really enjoy having. Um, and, and kind of with that, I'll, I'll just clump it all into one then. I, I guess I'll say I want like a fully functional island. So I like mm-hmm. when people have like their stoves or, or dishwashers or anything that are part of their island too, I really like that. And I would love to have something like that in my house. Yeah, sure. I would say number four for me is a big backyard, which is very tough to find here. And I think our yard is decent size and it fits our needs now. But we talk about all the time how we'd love to like plant a couple fruit trees. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's very difficult for us to figure out where would that work? And I don't know right now. We don't know what the answer is, and which is why we haven't really done it, because it it doesn't really make sense in the yard that we have, because our yard works and makes sense for two people uh, that hang out outside a little bit. But we don't have a like dog or like an outdoor pet that you need to cater to. But that being said, even if I didn't have a dog, I'd still like to have a little bit bigger yard for like the pure utility of like, Hey, I want to plant a tree over here. Or, Hey, I want to do this with my yard. By the way, it'd be nice to have grass, but yeah. that's not a requirement for me. And definitely not something that's successful here in the Southwestern United States. You'd almost have to use like that little side lot thing that you have, which you know we don't want to do. About? You know, you yeah. want to have it like to give you a little bit of shade, except for if we plant a tree in our yard, it covers the pool, which means you don't want the shade there. So yeah, yeah. yeah, I can definitely see your your struggles there. So I, I feel where you're coming from there. Um, a f- specifically for us, a fenced in yard, because yes. yeah. Yeah. we have we have dogs. We'd love to be able to just Even let our dogs. dogs. Yeah, we we would love to just be able to let our dogs out and let them run around and not have to worry about them getting out or anything like that. Yep. Our dogs don't dig. They don't like they don't jump super high, so we don't have to worry about it. But just like having a nice fenced in yard where we can just sit on the patio have a couple cocktails just while we're yeah. grilling out, letting yeah. the dogs run around. Like that'd be so ideal for me. Yeah. And that being said, like this goes hand in hand with what you said. It's not my next one on the list, but I think having a accessible pet door 
just so your pets can let themselves out is money when you have a property like for me now we i built a catio for our cats because they like to be outside too but it's just a small enclosed space of our patio and they have a cat door that they can go out whenever they want and they get to go enjoy that space on their own and they're not just going to sit there and paw at the door or whatever and make me let them out they just do it on their own at their own free will and i think that is invaluable as a pet owner i don't trust my dogs that much get a tall enough fence and you'll be fine yeah and make sure they can't dig underneath it i guess too probably true all right number five for me would be i really want a bar in my house Mm. like what whether that's in the basement whether that's something i can build in my front room like i'd love to have like just a hangout like bar actually the coolest thing that i've ever seen not the coolest thing i've ever seen the coolest thing i've seen recently for like an addition to a house was these people built like a bar in their shed yeah we had some friends that did that too and it was pretty awesome they did yeah. it out by their pool, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Again, I not was... a not a must have by any means, but something that I think would be really cool to have. See, I think those things are really awesome, but you have to be somebody that likes to cater and have people over at your house for that to be utilized enough for it to be worth it. True. Otherwise, it's kind of a waste of space. Like for me right now, if I built a bar in my house, it would never get used because we don't have people over often enough for that to be a thing. We'd rather just go to the bar. Right. But I do see the utility, and I have seen some really awesome home bars, and I think that is something that is nice to have if you like to have people over, for sure. Yeah, I, I just think it, my parents have always had one since I can remember, um, and and it was always great to, you know, it was it turned into just a hangout spot. Like, everybody would gravitate around the bar, whether that was just even us having friends over, like, when we're not drinking even. Like, we would just yeah. hang out at the bar just because it was, like, there was a TV behind it. There were, like, enough seating sure. for everybody. You could play games there. Like, it just sure. worked. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, again, not a must-have by any means, but something that I think it would just be really, really awesome. The last absolute must-have for me is a dedicated laundry room. There has to yes. be a space in your house that is dedicated and deliberately designed for it to be a laundry space. Because I think if you have to try to accommodate for that like in just another room of your house, it doesn't make any sense. Like If you try to just throw a washer and dryer in your basement, it doesn't really work that great. Or if you try to just throw it into a different room into your house because that's where it happens to be set up for it's not as, as nice and you need to have some sort of a dedicated space. And it doesn't have to be huge. You just have enough, have enough room in the plumbing and it would be really nice if there was a utility sink in that space. Yep. So that's my kind of final must have. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly because we, when we ever, we fold clothes, when we do laundry, it just has to go on our table, like our kitchen table, because we yeah. don't have the space to do it anywhere yeah. else. And then that it's like, said, if we're lazy and we don't put dryer the... in your house in, in general is a must have. Yes, absolutely. Laundromats can fuck right off. I will, I will never use a laundromat if I don't have to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it, it is a it is a nice thing to have. We we kind of had it in my parents' house, um, but again, it was just kind of like the essentially what would be considered probably the attic of our house got turned into our laundry room, so it was a little small. Um, it, w- it wasn't really an attic. So, and it was my parents' master bedroom and then they had a walk-in closet. And then on the other side of the walk-in closet was originally just storage. Um, okay. but instead of having the laundry on the main floor of our house and like what we consider our mud room, yeah. they rerouted the pipes up to the, the second floor. And so that little area became like the laundry room. Um, which was nice because it was, we all, all of our rooms were upstairs. So it meant we never had to go different floors with baskets of laundry or anything like that. Um, but it it would be, it was still inconvenient because like we have to go through, like if I had a baseball game at 
eight o'clock in the morning, which happened, and I had just washed my pants the night before, like I have to try to not wake my parents up to go get my baseball pants to leave. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get it, that for sure. It's just inconvenient. So I, I definitely appreciate the idea of having its own dedicated space. And yep. the utility sink is a must-have. Yeah. I would like it to be like a stall almost, like a, you know, like if you've ever worked in like a warehouse and they have the sinks with the, the drain just in the floor and it's like. Yeah, like the basin just, drains, yeah. Yeah, just something like that, just for us to like, especially if we like take our dogs outside and they get muddy, yep. like just to wash them off in there. We like, wish we had that in our laundry room. We've talked about it a couple of times, but the logistics of having a plumber come out to run the like the water lines for that is just not worth it for us. Yeah. It would be so nice to have that sink in there too. Yeah. Well, that's all I had. I wanted to make it, you know, a, a shorter topic just to kind of wrap us yeah, up. Absolutely. But Jess and I are starting to get more serious about purchasing uh, sometime yeah, in, in the near future here. So uh, it's always nice to talk about some of the uh, the fun things that people like in houses. Maybe to yep. open my eyes a little bit about some the things. The funny thing I'm is, you find about. yourself becoming much more of an adult when you're with your needs when it comes to a house. Yeah. Like you start thinking about what is actually practical, like a fucking laundry room in a garage and things like they might not be the sexiest things to have in a house, but oh, it's yeah. things that you really want in your Oh, homes. I know. I'm like, I want a coat closet. Like I've <laughs> never cared about having yeah, a coat right? closet, yeah. but I'm like, shit, I need some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's a, it, it's an exciting and nerve wracking time in my life. Um, yeah. I, those who listened to the podcast last week, I, I was talking about how I interviewed for a job and I was offered that job. So given that, whoop, whoop, congrats, I, thanks, thanks, Kyle. Um, given that I do have a new job, um, we are, you know, starting to get a little bit more serious uh, about our future. And, and it's just great to kind of talk and think about, you know, what you may miss. And, and so, you know, it's, uh, it's important to recognize that you're adulting a little bit more than you were a year ago and, and it takes a lot to think about and it's, it's scary, but it's exciting. Exciting times. Yes, sir. All right. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for joining us for another episode of two average husbands. Excited to see you guys all again here on the podcast. Feel free to again, join us on the discord channel, follow us on the, or find that in the link tree as well as following us on all of the social media accounts to include at Jake Perry 34 for his personal account and at Kyle and her son, as you see on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, for my personal account with the two average husbands account, both being the number two ABG husbands on social media. And then you can find us on Facebook as well. Apple podcast, Spotify, you find us everywhere. Now we're spreading like a disease. So find us and follow us and join us. Uh, come hang out with us on Sunday as well to watch the football games. Jake, you can close us out from there. Thanks for coming again, fellas and ladies. See you later. Kyle, as always, thank you for being a part of this podcast and hopping on here with me every single week. Like Kyle said, make sure you follow us on all of our social medias. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on iTunes. I believe that's the proper term for it. I don't know. I'll be the first to admit that I don't actually use <laughs> iTunes podcasts, but a lot of people do. Um, so thank you guys always for tuning in. Any of the support that we do get, make sure you go to my Twitter and retweet the tweet from uh, Michelob, Ultra. Michelob Ultra so that we get some free stuff. And we will see you all next week. Peace.